I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to season 10 of Echoes of Glory. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Chris. And you can probably tell by our tones that we're going to talk about the North London Derby on today's podcast. <laughs> oh, I mean... I guess the best place to start is what a goal, right? No, just, just talk no. about the goal in isolation no. for a minute. That is the most ridiculous goal. It's just it's beyond words. Now, the first Rabona that he did years ago, I didn't particularly enjoy, and I don't know if I enjoyed this one purely because it was against Arsenal or the fact that it looked like it was in slow mo when it was in real time. The ball seems to kind of turn to go into that far corner. Who has the audacity to do something like that in a North London derby in the penalty area? And don't say somebody that's only got one foot, because <laughs> that is the correct answer, but it's also an annoying one. What a goal. Like, I couldn't believe what I'd seen when it went in. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, he, I, I know what you've, you've just told me not to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He will literally <laughs> do anything not to kick the football with his right foot. Um, but, you know, the fact that he nutmegged him as well, it was... Yeah. You know, that just kind of was the icing on the cake. And straight away, I tweeted, no matter what happens, we'll always have a North London derby with a Rabona. Because, you know, the way that we played up until that moment, you could see that it was, you know, it wasn't going to stay 1-0. Um, mm. So, but at least, you know, we did that to them. It was an incredible goal. And, you know, he does deserve the plaudits for it. But it was a, a, an incredible goal in a sea of misery. SD, you, you weren't a fan of it, were you? Oh, I can't. It, it, it just winds me up for just all of it. it. It's just, just use your right foot. Like, I get it. I love the audacity. I love the technique and it, how unexpected it was. Just score a goal with your right foot. It just, it just irritates me because it's, how have you got to this stage of your career without being able to use your right foot? I, I, I just don't get it. It really, like, I get it. And... I haven't played football properly in a long time. So I even playing doing that down the park, you could never do it. You could never replicate it. So doing it professionally, I, I don't even in the North London Derby, that's amazing. And it will irritate them. But it'll just go down as one of those great goals that's forgotten because it's in a game we'll never watch again. It like Bale scored some I think Bale scored a really decent goal with his right foot in the in one of the five twos against them. Yeah, you know? yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. We'll never see it again. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it's, it, if, if you don't win or draw, great goals don't really count. Do you remember when Man United beat Roma 7-1? Do you remember that? Uh, De Rossi, I think, scored an incredible goal in that game. Never seen again. Never seen yeah. again. It, and that, that would be the way for this one. Um, are we going to talk about Lamella? Are Let's you a Lamella? Let's talk about him because for me, that is a game that sums has summed up Eric Lamella's Tottenham career. Moments of absolute genius and then just absurd, ridiculous bit of play to get two bookings. Like just crazy, absolutely ridiculous. Now, he's a player that always plays on the edge, right? That's what makes him a decent player and that's why when you you know you want to press teams and go after teams he's quite good at that like he does set the tone but you want to book in, in a game like it, the, the second yellow was just absolutely brain dead like I just don't know what he was doing and for me it was such a shame because up until that point I thought he played brilliant 
And I'm not a Lamella fan, if I'm honest. Like I don't, I don't massively rate him. Like, I thought he was our best player, but play, best player by a country mile. But then you do something like that, and it's like all of that good work just gets completely undone because you're out the game and we're two one down with 15 to go. Like it just, you know, the chance of us coming back are, are next to none. So it's frustrating. But that is that is Eric Lamella. What we saw at the weekend. It was indeed the most Lamella-like game in the history of Lamella. It was like, it was it, it was almost inevitable that he was going to get sent off for something stupid. And I think, I'm, I'm not a huge fan either, although there's some of that kind of, you know, some of that sort of nipping, that nipping at your heels, being a bit of a pain in the ass, and all of that is actually quite fun sometimes in the right context. I guess the, the, the problem that I had with that was that just like, the reason why he was our best player was because he was the only one that looked at all up for it. Mm. So, you know, I'm not, I'm a detractor of Jose's and I'm sure we'll come on to it in terms of, you know, what his game plan was. But even if that was the game plan, they didn't look, I don't understand what was wrong. And, and I think, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this quite a lot today, actually, you know, and <laughs> even if the game plan was to sit back, right. They, you would still hope that they would be up for it. Now, why aren't they up? What are they, what's going on? Are they scared? I'm just, I worry about their men, the mentality and like, are they scared? Are they scared of failing so much that they can't succeed? I mean, here's my like lay psychology here. And isn't that the whole point of Mourinho? Yeah, I, oh. I, I, I agree with I like The thing that I just can't get my head around from the weekend is we're going into a game with some... Lucas Moura, Bale, Kane and Ndombele all in the starting 11, right? That's an attacking that's an attacking side. So it's like, what I can't piece together is, I can't for the life of me think that a manager picks that team but wants to play counter-attack football. Like, it, that just does not make sense that that would be the side you put out to play counter-attack football, right? That's my first point. Secondly, if we take the emotion out of the fact that it was a North London derby, Arsenal were 10th going into that game. They've been absolutely dreadful this season. Like, we've seen in the last few weeks that Olympiacos, Burnley have gone after the back four and have scored goals from pressing. So, like, I can't for the life of me think that the game plan would have been let's sit back. But for whatever reason, like, that's what's happening at the moment. And I just, I can't figure out, is it the, t are the tactics of the manager to sit back and play like that? And he's come out and said no, and players have come out and said no. So it's like, well, if that's not the case, then why are the players defending so deep? Like, I don't want to go too much into statistics because ultimately the scoreline is the thing that really matters, especially in a derby. But the average position of our players in that game, like I think it was only Kane that was like in their in their final third. Like we were just in our half the whole game. And I just I can't I just can't well, believe it as well almost 80 minutes in or something where Sky Sports showed that um Harry Kane hadn't been in the opposition box. Yeah. In terms uh, of the ball. I just and I just I can't I don't know what the issue is because I think for a while I I, I keep flicking between the players are not good enough to actually uh, do we have a really outdated manager now and it's like I, I don't really know what the answer is but like I just can't believe that we would have d intentionally played like that like it, with that team had like Bale been on the bench or it had he gone with Sissoko and Hoiberg in the middle then I might have been a little bit like well clearly the game plans to be more defensive but that is as an attacking team as we possibly could put out like I don't think I think if it was like let's play all out attack 
you'd maybe have Delhi in there somehow midfield, but all the other players, like that's the most attacking side we've got. So for us to build that side and just defend the box for 85 minutes, it is just, I can't quite understand what's going wrong at the moment. So I, I don't believe that Mourinho's at Spurs has ever been a defensive, purely counter-attacking manager. I don't. I, I'm re-watching, I've been re-watching the Amazon documentary of last week and at no point does he say defend. He always says high press, high energy, one to two touch. And I, I don't think he's to blame for that. But his job is selecting the team and then getting the team to play the way he wants. That's his job as a manager, to motivate them, to manage them, to teach them the tactics, to do that and to get them doing that. And if the players aren't doing that for him, then they need to go or he needs to go. He's had three windows. What what more does he need? What more chances he need to be given? I've um, done some research. Wakefield. In Wakefield in 1989, uh, Coca-Cola finished the Wakefield plant. Now, the Wakefield plant is 41 acres. It's the largest soft drinks factory in Europe, right? It can make, uh, where is it? It can make 4,000 cans of Coke a minute and 3,280 bottles, ranging from the 500 mil ones all the way up to three, three litres of soft drinks per minute across nine litres. That was the second biggest bottling plant in Britain on Sunday outside of the Emirates. Those players, there's nearly every single one of those players has played in a North London derby. (laughs) Has been playing in a North London derby before. They know what this means to us. And Mourinho can't take them into that, that, that match going, I don't look down, I look up. Because it actually, if he's looking up, well, let's have a look at his, uh, let's have a look at his results, shall we? Well, since we last beat Arsenal 2-0, if we have a look at our results against the top eight, we played Liverpool on the 16th of December. We lost 2-1. We lost to Leicester 2-0. Then we, the next time we played one, we lost to Liverpool 3-1. Lost to Chelsea 1-0. We lost to Everton 5-4. City 3-0. West Ham 2-1. Uh, and then we've beaten, frankly, teams we should always be beating, Burnley, mm-hmm. Fulham, Palace. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, it, it does make. Tell you what it reminds me of is, you know, they, it's all about the Mourinho mentality comes in and it's us against them. Well, there's two thems now. There's teams which we should absolutely batter, whether they play in the Austrian league or whether they, whether the the fans sit on their back garden wall to look uh, to watch the, the game. Then, then yeah, we go out and beat them. Or there's teams which we should go and fight against, and we've got nothing, nothing, and that is, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Where's the where's the what's the where's the issue for you? Like where does the main bit of it lie? Is it the manager? Is it the players? Where what's where? Because I know it's difficult to point at just one person, but if you had to, like, where are you putting more of the blame? At if the it's one person, it has to be the boss, right? Because it's all about leadership. But the players have to step up. I mean, sorry, Chris, I know you're about to say something. Mourinho, the, I'll, I'll finish on Mourinho. Afterwards, said in terms of creating attacking football, some important players were hiding in the second half. We only had to improve, which we did. I'm not going to mention individuals as the team is the team. I belong to the team and I'm just as guilty as the players for the first half. I have massive respect. That's leadership. That's accountability. But what what it, it's, I'm not looking at this individual game. I'm looking at the long-term the trend. Quote I picked out ASD and for me, I, just, I saw that and I thought it looked like the game plan was to sit back and hit them on the break. But whether it was not, that that quote is classic Jose for me because he's pretending not to blame the players whilst blaming the players. Mm-hmm. 
Schrodinger's Jose, or is okay, it Maria's yeah. cat? I'm not sure. The so, other, the other. Uh, oh, sorry, Chris, go on. No, but and I and I think that. Um, so yeah, so I think that that was the quote I was going to pick out precisely for that because I think he does both those things, and I think in terms of who's to blame. I agree, you, you, we can't put it down to one. I think it's symbiotic. I think they're feeding off each other. And I think that's why it's quite so miserable and how we can go into a North London derby and that can be the case. And no one's going to say the boss has set us out like that because you know what he's like. He'd kick you to the curb in a second if you said anything. And equally, he's not going to take... He's not going to take it, but he also knows that vilifying the players at this point isn't going to work, which is why you end up with a quote like that. And, and it's, it's just not good enough. The, the thing, the thing for me from the game as well, and it's like, I, I'm still one that I'm like, I don't think that I would necessarily want us to get rid of the manager. Like, I'm still like, pure, and I'm, what I base this on now purely is his track record for what he's done in his career, not necessarily how we've been playing in the last six months, because like the, the form in the last six months is absolutely shambolic. Um, but the, the thing that really baffled me from the game at the, uh, at the weekend as well was the substitutions. Like, I just did not like, um, we, were, we were struggling down the right-hand side, clearly, right? Because, you know, Bale doesn't want to come back and do the defensive work, like, because he's one of the, you know, he's amazing going forward. So Arsenal clearly looked at that and thought, Doherty's a little bit suspect to get him in a 2v1. He doesn't quite know what to do. But for me, like, I wanted us in those situations to be a little bit braver. And actually, I phoned my dad at half time and said to him, they're going down our right-hand side a lot. I was like, why don't we say to Bale, don't, don't come back, stay forward. Like, give them something to, like, be brave and say, like, fine, we'll, do, we'll try and deal with a 2v1. If we win the ball back, then we can actually hit you on the break. Bale spent 75% of the game playing as a right wing back near enough. It's like, what's the, what's the point? Like, we need, you need to get him high up the pitch. So you're better off being brave and saying, no, we won't come back. Like, if you watch the way Liverpool from last the last couple of seasons play, they have a high press and a high work rate from the front three. But you don't see Salah and Mane coming back into right wing back positions. Like, they're brave. And they say, go on then, fall back, bomb on. But if your team gives the ball away, I'm in. And then all of a sudden, it, it just makes your opposition think, do I necessarily want to go forward? What if we lose it? How can I leave so much space in behind? And for me, when Bale went off, and I know he didn't play well, so I wasn't, I wasn't massively surprised that he was going off, but I was shocked to see Sissoko come on for him because for me, that was just a, it's 1-1, we'll take that. Like, I'm happy to just sort of be defensive now. And I think whilst the, the setup might not have been to sit back, as a player, when one of your best attackers goes off and you bring on a, a guy that is good in defensive scenarios, but isn't a fantastic footballer, the message, even if the from the managers not directly where Hoover draw sit back like naturally from that sub you are going to retreat but you are and I just thought I thought that was really strange and you know we had there was a point in the second half where we had Sun, Bayon and Dembele all off the pitch and I'm just looking at that thinking where is anything going to come from in terms of creating something and it ended up being set pieces where we nearly we nearly ended up getting a draw but I just thought it, the substitutions were just really, really strange for me. And I couldn't quite figure out what we were trying to do. And it must have been equally as confusing for the players because there can't have been a single player out there at 1-1. I don't mean this as a disrespect to Sissoko, but I can't imagine any Tottenham player 1-1 was like happy to see Bale go off and Sissoko come on, apart from maybe Matt Doherty. 
he might have been the only one because he thought I might get a bit of cover. But the rest of them must have been thinking, what's this all about? So that's my big question mark from Jose this week is just those subs. I just could not get my head around it. I, just, I wouldn't come, I'm just going to come back to ASD's point about the Amazon documentary because I think it's it is also a bit relevant here in the sense that because it was like a Jose propaganda film, imagine how much they filmed of it and they only showed us him shouting press and all the rest of it because that's what mm. we want. That's, that <laughs> you know is I mean? exactly like, the thing. It's a good story, right? But in reality, this is what we're seeing. And I think, I, I, I don't think he knows, I think he only knows, he's supposed to be a master tactician, right? But I don't see anything different. You know, it's like, you probably could have predicted it was going to be Sissoko. Mm -hmm. You know, because that, that, that was, you know, because that's his answer. Because actually at 1-1, away from home, we're not playing very well, etc. I still think that he knows how to manage millennials and not Gen Zers. That's what I think his big problem is. Mm. I think there's something about the way that the players are and how he's a bit old school. It doesn't, it somehow it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't quite fit. And, you know, he's got a younger, t you know, uh, you know, some of his... You know, like Jao Sacramento is only like in his early 30s, isn't he? So you'd hope that there was something there. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. This isn't going to be an, un it's, you know, maybe there's going to be some kind of a conscious uncoupling because like he doesn't <laughs> want to fail again. You know, what's going to happen? We'll win, we might win the league. We might win the League Cup. But not if we go out and try and hit Man City on the break. Oh, God. I don't want to play in the, I don't want to see that. The um, can, I, can I just say that? Maybe controversial, but I'm trying to be neutral. I think it was a penalty. I think and um, wasn't a fan of Lamella's goal. I think they were both cards. Obviously, some of them are dubious, but they were yellows. Um, and Kane tackled Gabriel horrendously. Like there were some really good Six Nations games this weekend, and then he tackled Gabriel. Not sure if you've seen it, where he shoulder barged him to his head, and. That that's not allowed in in rugby. You, you'd be taken off for that in rugby, and I, I just it was just all bad. Can we go to questions and comments? Is yeah, that, I just, is that right? just as well. Like, are people? Are, I can't understand people that people are debating the penalty. I'm like, it's the most blatant penalty you'll ever see. Is it not? Like, the ball's well, nowhere near, and Sanchez just cleans Lacazette out. Like, it's well, the penalty. The weird argument is that it's because he's played the ball that it, as it's after the ball's gone, it doesn't matter. But if it's anywhere else, if I go and two-foot someone when they haven't got the ball, it's still a, a foul. I, I don't... And I the ball really didn't play. understand it. I just... Because there's some people that are like, there's just no way it's a penalty. And I'm like, I must have watched it back 15 times. And I'm like, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm like, that is a clear penalty as I've ever seen. But that's that's your leadership again, because that was where that was where Mourinho went afterwards to distract from everything else to try and say, well, it was never a penalty for whatever these reasons are, and that's what got picked up by you know some of the press and all the rest of it. It's just a, it's just a distraction. Of course, it was a penalty. Bundled him over. Um, actually, for all my criticism of Mourinho, I was I I almost mimicked him at the moment when Lamella, um, you know. Yeah. Swiped out, swiped out at the uh, at the Arsenal player. I can't remember which one it was. I put my head in my hands, um, and that's exactly what Mourinho did: was put his head in his hands. Yeah. Um, I've got one more comment about yesterday's game before we go on to the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, every time the commentator said Ode Odegaard, I thought he said Erdogan. 
And I was like, why is there a turn? Why? I was thinking, like, is there going to be some kind of a military coup on the pit? <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, why is Erdogan playing? No, it's not Erdogan. It's Odegaard every single time. There you go. That was my one bit of, like, hilarity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Jack, you are in charge of the Echoes of Glory Twitter at underscore Echoes of Glory. And you asked for thoughts and opinions. We basically got opinions from this. So James Lamont says, since Tottenham beat Arsenal to go top of the league in December, they have played the top half Premier League team eight times, seven in the league, one in the FA Cup. They have lost all eight of those games. So great minds, James. Uh, State says, everyone can see how awful we were in the lack of energy amongst the players. But let's be honest, I'm sure Jose didn't say, right, lads, let's go out and play there and play like you couldn't care less. How bad we were, Woolwich won by deflection and a pen that should never have been. Agree with the first part, disagree with the second part. Andy Larson makes the point about Eric Lamella's game uh, being Eric Lamella in a nutshell. And then the footy cafe says, Bar Lucas and Rabona, the rest are poor. Fundamentally, picking Doherty cost us defensively for the first goal. Also meant we had to waste the sub to bring on Sissoko for Bale to help cover Doherty. When we need the goal and the son's off injured, I'd rather have Bale on the pitch than Sissoko. Pause on Doherty because we'll come on to him. Uh, my favourite comment was from John App Idris, who just said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, interestingly, App in in Welsh means son of. So if I was following traditional Welsh naming, I would be Andrew App Peter, because it means son of Peter. But that's where we get the name like Powell and Pew, because it's a shortened version of App Hugh App Howell. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Every day is a school day. Those are, that's how the Icelandic surnames work, isn't it? So, Idegur Johnson is son of Johnson. Ah. And so, like, I've got a friend whose surname is, is, is who's a woman whose surname is Gunnar's Dottir. So, because she's Gunnar's daughter. Mm. So, that's why everyone, every Icelandic person is a son of someone, Hermanson, etc. And every Icelandic woman is a daughter, Dottir, of somebody. Like Bjork is Goodman's daughter, I think, isn't she? Her surname. Yeah. There you go. So we we would be Tottenham Gunners slave after yesterday's performance. <coughs> Come on, uh, sorry. Uh, on the on the Reddit on the coins. So Black Curses says, "Why is our attack world class, but our defence is the reduced items in Poundland?" Did you see the article? <laughs> Did you see the article in the Guardian? It was on like Saturday. I don't. Someone forwarded it to me, and it was like Sanchez and behind is behind Spurs' resurgence, which sort of just all, all sorts of wrong there. Is is our defence that bad? Um, the thing is, I look at it, and it's like it's not just the back four's responsibility to make you a solid side. Like the whole team, it's the whole team, right? And really, a good defensive side means that your centre backs don't ever get exposed. Like, that's a good, solid defensive unit. And I just look at us at the minute and it's like, I feel like we still massively lack balance across our whole team in terms of controlling the ball, having possession, defence, attack. Like, I, I still think that there's massive problems there. Individually, I don't think we have a great back four. Like, I still think Alderweireld's an excellent centre-back. But, you know, we, we're searching for another partner for him. You know, since Vertonghen's gone, even Vertonghen in his last year wasn't particularly great we're still searching for who plays alongside him. And it's like, he's tried Dyer, that's not working. Sanchez, I genuinely think Sanchez is only in the team at the minute because Dyer was so bad for five or six games that you had to take him out. And Sanchez has come in and not, not exactly been great. Then you're looking at... 
But Dark also had a, a, a series of good games. He's had good games this season where you thought actually he's the answer. So what happened? Again, it's just the, I think the the issue at the minute is players. I still associate someone like Dyer as being a fairly solid and consistent player. So it's like in moments where a team's struggling, you would turn to these guys and be like, "I know I'm going to get a seven out of ten. I know you're not going to do anything crazy." But he's he's just made so many uncharacteristic errors this season, yeah. and you just think like you just can't you can't plan for that. And it's like, but when when the option of taking Dyer out and putting Sanchez in. It's because Dyer's making mistakes. Like you know, Sanchez is going to make errors. Like he makes errors every game. So it's like to, to the actual question. I don't think that we've got a great back four individually, but I think as a team, we're not solid defensively either. Do you think Dyer's errors are because um, Jose's not been nice to his pal? <laughs> could be, couldn't it? <laughs> the thing is with Dyer as well, though. It's just sort of like I watch him play, and I'm like. So, most of the time, when a centre-back's got the ball, just give it to your midfielders. Like, and uh, the, I feel like the last three or four months, teams, when Dyer's played, have sat have, have wanted him to have the ball because they know he's going to try and hit elaborate Michael Dawson 70-yard passes into the stand. And it's just sort of like, just give it easy, give it to your midfield. So I don't, I don't quite know about Dyer. Like, I've always liked him, but now I just think his form's been so poor this season. It's like, I know, Chris, you said he had good games, and it's like, he has had a few good games, but the good games he's had this year have been against opposition where I'm like, I'd sort of expect you to play fairly well against, you know, the likes of Southampton and Palace and those guys. Like, I'd expect a guy that's captain England before to, you know, be able to look half decent against them. Someone's just sent me something about the penalty. So I'm just, and it's uh, apparently um, what Dermot Gallagher's um, reflections on it. So the incident... Alexander Lacazette hits an air shot in the Spurs penalty area. Davinson Sanchez slides in on the forward, at which point he goes down. Michael Oliver awards a penalty, which Lacazette scores. Dermot says, Michael Oliver is behind the play. He sees Sanchez come across with his boot high. I don't think he sees the air shot. The referee has made an on-field decision and the VAR's got to stick with the on-field decision, but it's very, very lucky. Oh, I, I just disagree. Do you know what I mean? I just think Sam's yeah, just and, and, him the verdict, out. and the verdict from Dermot Gallagher, I'm oh, sorry, I've just opened the picture because I wasn't re- I didn't have it all. Not a penalty, but VAR can't overturn Oliver's decision. I dis- I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Jack. I think like... And as ASD said, if you go steaming in on someone like that, even if the ball's gone, and knock them over like that, then it's got to be a pen, hasn't it? Yeah, and also, what I don't get with that is, it's like, he says it's not a penalty, but VAR can't overturn it. Like, what does that, like, I thought that's, yes. that's the point of VAR, isn't it? That if there's an error, they can overturn it. Not if he no. makes the on-field decision. Isn't the point he's making is made the on-field decision. What VAR does is says, is it a goal? Is it not a goal? Because you know, and makes those, or it's offside, it's not offside, whereas this, he's determinately said, this is a penalty. And what you can't do is then tell the ref that they're wrong, mm. I guess. So weird. Like the, the thing is that baffles me as well with it is like, no one knows what the rules are. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no one knows what is, isn't a foul, what's handball, what does VAR oh. do, all of that. It just, but well, that's, that's weird, strange. right? Because the selling point of football has always been there's whatever, there's seven rules and that's all you need. But now when rugby, like, has all these rules that change and you sort of understand it and even then 
you, there's there's the fringes that you don't understand. No, you don't. You haven't got a clue. Let me let me let's go through these. So Brobby Knight says, I see and hear a lot of people say Doherty is a flop. Is it unfair to judge him so early on and not consider the guy had COVID? He's changed position and in his first season with Tottenham, which is crazy disrupted. If he isn't the right level for Spurs, then surely his failure lies with others and their expectations. What do you think? It's an interesting point. I think that we brought Doherty in and he looked has looked fantastic for Wolves in the last two seasons, playing as a right wing back, right? His strengths are going forward, right? I think anybody, before he signed for us, anybody would have said his strengths are going forward. Like that's he's an, he's an attacking fullback or wing back. We've brought him in and we play him in a back four and I can count maybe three or four games where I've actually seen him go forward. Mm. Like he, he doesn't go forward and it's like his strengths are in attack and it's like, how often do you see him for Spurs making overlapping runs or like being the highest player on the right-hand side, which is where he should be if he's being told to attack? Like he never goes forward. So I sort of feel like we're, we play to his weaknesses, which I can't quite get my head around. And he's looked better with Bale in the team, I think, apart from the weekend, because Bale naturally... Now, because he's not a flying winger, we'll tuck him, we'll get the ball to feet, and there's a bit of space for him to go on the outside. But I've been disappointed with Doherty this season, but I don't think that he's necessarily been as dreadful as everybody makes out. I think he's, I, I think him and Aurier are probably quite similar. Like, I'm not a massive Aurier fan, but he's had some good games. But I don't think either are brilliant right-backs. But I think that he gets a lot of stick and he's a bit of a scapegoat for some of our defeats when it's not all entirely down to him. Yeah, I think Aurier can suffer from a touch of the lamellas, um, for sure. But I, I agree with you on, on, on Doherty. I think it's exactly that. Is that like I was expecting him to bomb forward more. I was expecting to see crosses whipped into the box from, from a full-back position because that's what I thought we bought him for. Yeah. He's a talented boy. It took... And Dombele a year. It's been a crazy disruptive year. I mean, most of us are doing our jobs and just trying to survive. He's um, also come out and said, hasn't he? Like, he said that he's, he doesn't feel he's been at the level that he thinks he should be at and he knows he can get to. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's come out and said that. And, I, you know, I massively rate that as well. So it's like, I don't think that this is Matt Doherty. Like, I think we're just... He's, he's not been great. I feel, feel like there is definitely more in there. But... This sort of leads me to a, a sub-question. It's like, how patient should we have to be? Do you know what I mean? I feel like Spurs, as a fan base, we are incredibly patient with signings. Like, we'll always say, we'll give someone 18 months before we judge them. And it's like, at what point? Like, he's it, it, not like a 21-year-old, is he? He's like 28, 29. Yeah, he's 29, and so you want to, you, you've got to have a return quicker. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's Rogan, my... You mentioned Joe Roden earlier. It's like, I don't mind that taking a bit of time because he's young. Yeah. Oh, Jack Clark is the one I was thinking about. He costs about ten million. That's a lot of money, and we've not seen anything from him yet. But I, I feel with a different manager and a bit of bit of care, because going from Wolves, where he's been through the divisions, to Spurs is a massive difference. So one more year, one more year. Uh, Millsy one hundred and four says, do you think Sun's minutes have been handled poorly since Bale is coming to the team? It's only really him and Lucas that can press as Kane drops off and Bale drifts. In the last couple of games, he's been pressing like a madman. And I can think of a few times he's played the last full 90 minutes um, where he's still sprinting. Same as Hoiberg. He doesn't need to come on in the last minute. So why does uh, Mourinho keep risking these players? I mean, I, 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 
he couldn't have not played Sun against Arsenal. So I mean, in the derby, so I feel like it's one of them things. Like whenever a player gets a hamstring injury, straight away everyone goes straight to the statistics and they're like, how much do you play? Blah blah. And it's sort of like you can just do your hamstring, and it, mm. it, do you know what I mean? It's like yes, Sun's played a lot of games, but they, you know they all have, and he's like he's one of our best players, so it's like he's gonna play a lot of minutes. So I don't think that he's necessarily been handled poorly. He probably would have had fewer minutes if Kane hadn't have had those two and a half weeks where he was injured. Like, he maybe would have rotated a little bit then. I just think it's one of them things. Like, son, when you're as quick as Son and you make as many runs as he does, he does from a defensive point of view and attacking point of view, you know, you're going to get muscle injuries. Like, it's the, it's the, it's the name of the game. So I, I think it's just that's just more down to bad luck than anything else. No, I disagree because I looked at it and I and I thought actually with the benefit and with the benefit of hindsight, I get it. Shouldn't have played him on Thursday. He's played so much, and with I know Zagreb are a decent side, but with the we do you know like we do have you know he could have played Lamella, he could have played Delhi, he could have you know we we should have enough to be able to go into a game against Zagreb at home and win without him, particularly when we knew what was happening on you know, at the weekend. And now we're, and now I don't know, he's going to be out for a couple of months, isn't he? That's a massive loss. A massive loss. I also think with the Zagreb thing, um, Chris, that I think we went into that game hoping 3-0 at half time, like game over. Do you know, like against Wolfsburg yeah. in the last round, it was yeah. that. And he just took them all off at half time, didn't he? And I think that they were probably hoping we could, we could kill the game really, really early, but we weren't able to do it. So those guys probably played a little bit longer than what, than what maybe they wanted to. Yeah, that's poor management then. Like I, I would say to them beforehand. I mean, the idea is they don't even they don't even turn up. But the idea is, you tell them you're only going to be on for a half. Just do it and then come off. But it, it does feel like poor management or poor squad management. If we don't have the people to replace them, then why? You know, it's it's, it's that. Now Vascometo and Max Payne, who has asked this questions a few times before, so it's nice to see that person come back. Says, what reasons are there for backing, defending Jose if we finish outside the top six for the f- for the first time since 2009? The football is dreadful to watch. We're not getting results. We're not improving. He gets called plastic because he doesn't want him here, yet no one has told him um, that they see what they see in him to keep him around for another two years, other than he used to win loads of trophies with teams that were better than us. What are we missing? And then Max Payne adds... To to that, what would you do at the end of the season? E.g., keep him for another year and try to get another man. If then, if so, who? Uh, can I? I am I'm totally with you. I I I think the idea that he won he's won trophies before, and the quality of the trophies has dipped in the with the recent teams. I just I just don't think it's worth it. I think we've employed the history. If we if the trophy suddenly came into our trophy cabinet and it's Spurs who won Chelsea's. It was not Chelsea, but if they he won the Premier League, then that would be fine. But it doesn't. He's, he's, I think he's a dinosaur, and it's just. A, I think we've discussed it a few times. I just don't think it's worth it. It's not worth it anymore. The sheer amount of cash that we're giving that man, and the weird, the weird stats are crazy. Like if you have a look at Kane's stats, they're unbelievable. He's one of the best players in Europe now. I mean, we've got to give a, a Ronaldo's just broken Pele's record of official goals, seven hundred and seventy goals. Now that's incredible. Um, Mental. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Inofficial goals, and that that's amazing. And you go, you have a look at Kane. He's second in the Premier League top scorer, top assist maker in Europe, and all that stuff. And we've scored what the second or third highest goals in all of Europe. 
That's fine, but it's awful to watch. And I don't. We're not going to win a trophy this year. We're not. We might win the Europa League. We're not going to win the. We're not going to beat City at all because we can't beat Arsenal. An awful Arsenal thing. Yeah, but you know that football doesn't work like that, ASD. We could, I know. We could go and win that cup, but the but and of course I want to win it more than anything. Well, not more than anything, but it will paper over a lot of cracks. That might save him. Well, I've said to him, I don't think it's good enough. Just the, the if it's just the league cup, then that's a failure for me. I don't think that's a good enough cup because it doesn't give us anything. It doesn't give no, us anything, sorry. and it's not. It, it's like I said, if if we win the cup, it's not. You know exactly what cup I'm talking about. If we win the European Cup, if we win the league, you know exactly what those things are. It's like the treble. You know what exactly what cups the trebles are. They're the ones that matter, and that's it. The, the I ones think. Go on. Sorry, just to say for for me, it's. The, the, the question is what what's what what would make me want us to keep Mourinho in at the minute and I I still stand by the statement that I made when we got him which was we need a, we need trophies like we do we also need Champions League football every season it's like and it still shouldn't be a compromise of do you want to win the league cup and finish eighth or do you want to finish fourth like we, it shouldn't be that it should be well I want to win the cup and I want to be solidly in the top four like that's what the aims are. The, the bizarre thing with this season, and I cannot for the life of me see us finishing in the top four. Like I just can't see it. If we be if we win our next couple of games, we're within what a couple of points of it. It's well, we're just a couple of points of it. Th- th- this this is just what is so baffling. Like it feels like we should be about 15th and we should just be no, but it's like if we go on a run, and the, the problem is I can't see us going on a run, but if we were to go on a run and win five or six on the bounce, you'd probably get in the top four. Like, that's what's so strange. To answer the question, for me with Jose, the ends justify the ends justify the means still for me. So if we end this season and we've watched some really poor football, we've all been frustrated at so many games. If we end up winning a trophy, for me, this season will have been worth it. Even if that's the League Cup and we're eighth, this season would have been worth it for me. Then, however, if that is what happens, we've then got to be thinking about what, where are we going now? Because like that's not you know long term that's not a good enough season. But we need to get over the line and get some and win something like we desperately do. Um, so if Jose can deliver that this season, even if it's just the League Cup and we're not in European football next season, the, for me the season will have been worth it to have that trophy in in the cabinet. But we then have to think this is not a long term thing for us. So that's when I think we have to start thinking about where do we go from there. What happens to Kane and Son if we don't get into Europe? We finish eighth. So win a league cup. We we you just said win a league cup and finish eighth. So that's like winning a league cup. Um, I think, it's I not think, like Liverpool saying, okay, we've got a, a year without distractions of Europe and all the rest of it, because we've already had that. It feels like, and that hasn't helped us. Yeah, I I've, I don't worry massively about Kane if I'm totally honest with you. I think that that a, a lot of big sides now drop out of the Champions League like obviously you have you want to be in it of course you do but it's sort of like I don't think that that would necessarily be something for Kane that would make him go like I think Son is a bit of a red flag for me in general just given his age and his contract status like I worry about that um, because the club are going to be at a crossroads with what do they do there especially if they get a big offer but I, I don't think that, that it would cause Kane to go if I'm totally honest I think that he's one that's come out in the past isn't he and said that he wants to win stuff so I think for, for him on that level, and given that he hasn't won anything so far in his career, um, 
with a team anyway, lots of obviously lots of individual um, accolades. I, I don't think that affects him. I think he stays. And I think that there's a case in point for a lot of sides. Like, you know, Chelsea were without Champions League football. United have been in and out of it. And it's like a lot of their big players have still stayed. So I, I, I don't think that that would worry me too much about Kane. But some potentially, just given his age and all of that, like that could be a concern. Oh. United's big player is Pogba and De Gea. De Gea has almost gone, almost gone a million times, but he's on 300 grand a week as well. And then Pogba's been trying to leave for years. You know, and Chelsea haven't had any big players for a while. So I, I'm not sure that stands. I, 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 it's not worth it if we win the, the League Cup. It's just not... It, we've sold everything that we are as a club for a, a nothing. For nothing. It's, it's not worth it. Would you get rid of him now then? Because I know that yes. you're, you're Jose out. You'd get rid of yeah, him yeah. now. Because, because the player that we have to get in, which is the guy from Leipzig, that German fella, the young one. Nagelsmann, that's who I think we need to get as well. Bring him in. He has to know what he wants to do in the summer. He has to speak to Son and Kane and say, look, this is my plan. This is how I'm going to implement it. So that in the summer, you can go, right, Lamella, I'm sending you. That That's what's going to happen. And... I have to start preparing. These are the players that I want. I'm bringing this player in from Leipzig. I'm bringing this player in. And this is my plan. And then we go, right, we've got this competition at the end of the season, a bit like PSG with, with um, Pochettino. You can go and win that. That's great. You can try. It's, a, it's win-win. We're not going to beat City, but at least we can, you can go and get them to do something. And then in the summer, you can build the team that you want based on what you know already. But what if it comes to the summer, we get rid of him, got no money, and then we have to make the money and then go try and find a new manager. It'll be a nightmare. Getting rid of him is going to cost a lot of money, though, at a time when we haven't got any. So that's Levy. That then uh, Levy has to. That's Levy. That's Levy's. That was Levy's risk, and he has to take that on the chin. I, just, I, do, I do always think that for me, like getting rid of the manager is always sort of like the last resort. And I just, I don't, I, I don't think I'm at that point now yet where it's last resort. But like, if we end up eighth and don't win anything, then it's like that's an absolutely shocking season. Like maybe then my mind will be changed. But I think I've I've gone from being, you don't want to get rid of this guy because of, you know, everything he's done in the game. And it's sort of like, and we've had some amazing results this season. Whereas now I'm more like, emotionally, I'm very neutral with it. Like I think if I went on Twitter after this and saw we've got rid of him, I'd be like, okay, we've got rid of him. I wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't be happy. I'm just sort of like in the middle with it now, which maybe that's quite telling. I feel like I'm neutral. Whether we're beating Burnley 4-0, that's almost like an accident. That's despite what he's doing. Uh, 72 minutes says, do you think with the attacking quality we have up front, we'd be in a better position standings-wise if we set up to play attacking high-tempo football, but but perhaps a bit more open in the defence? Personally, I feel we aren't using our attacking talent to their strengths. It makes sense if we only had Will Grigg up front, but we have two leading goal scorers in the league plus an informed bail. It feels like when my mum bought me a brand new bike and seven-year-old me was too afraid to ride it and fall over, so I chose to walk it everywhere instead thoughts that's a great analogy yeah, first a great analogy, yeah. um I, I mean we think back to the start of the season we were scoring goals we looked brilliant going forward like uh, for me the, still the turning point in the season was that free free draw with West Ham like and genuinely since then it's felt like the handbrake's just gone on and it's like we're not going to concede on the counter-attack like we're not conceding any counter-attack goals which has meant that we give up the ball more. We defend deep. Like we just, we're not as ambitious with the ball. I still cannot believe that he's telling the players to play like that. Like I just can't. Like you would not pick that team of Son, Bale, Lucas Moura, Kane, and Dembele and tell them to 
play counter-attack football. You just wouldn't do it. And even if you did, uh, the players can't play like that. Do you know what I mean? You, you, it's like they're too, they're too attacking. They've got too much flair and creativity. Like, they're not going to do that, surely. Um, so I get the point. And it's like, we all want to see us on the front foot. Like, every football fan, no matter what team you support, what league they play and what level, want to see your team go out, get the ball, have 65% possession and dominate the game. That's what everybody wants to see. But it's sort of like, it's not It's not always possible to do that. And it, and it's like, Jose is, has always been a results over performance man, like always. Um, it's just the balance. And it's like, is it a Jose problem? Like, Poch couldn't get the balance either for the last 18 months. It's like, I just, I really scratched my head as like, as a club now, like, what do we actually need to do to try and fix it? Because we've been in this rut and in this hole for quite a while. Like, if you think about it, like, it's been a long time where we've been having conversations like this and, you know, fielding brilliant questions like that. And it's sort of like we've, we've, we've tried spending money. We've tried not spending money. We've tried having a young, unproven manager. That, that's not, it's worked, but it's not worked. And we've gone down the route of having one of the greatest managers ever. That's not really worked. So I, I don't know what we do. Yeah, but one of the greatest, greatest managers ever passed his sell-by date. And we don't know what could have happened with Pochettino if we'd given him the transfer windows we've just given Jose. That's, yeah, the thing that, that's the thing that sticks in my craw is because I think, you know, there was I don't want to start waxing lyrical about Pochettino because it's like looking backwards isn't that helpful. But there was something about him that embodied, that was the embodiment of what I think the culture of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club yeah. is. And Mourinho doesn't do it, and and there was just that moment that we could have inve- we could have invested in Pochettino, and we didn't. And we've invested in Mourinho, and he's you know there's some good players there, and we've got some we've got some really good players. We've got some players that do need replacing as well. You know, we talked about the defense day, we talked about the fullbacks, you know. But when you do have such, like this, like um, sorry, I didn't catch his name, but this this chap has said he's absolutely spot on. It's like we have got like a wealth of attacking talent, and we're walking it down the road, as opposed okay. to going doing free wheelies down a hill. To finish this, I think we, I don't think we'd be in a worse position with Pochettino in the league or in the performances, but we'd be in a better place with the with the feeling. And with a feeling about the future. And I think that is something that isn't talked about enough. Uh, I'm doing your job, Jack, because I've got a quiz. And so we, need, we need to do Villa and uh, Zagreb. Yeah. I mean, we can, I think Zagreb can be quite a quick one. I did see on Twitter just before we started this and that the Zagreb manager's been sentenced to prison, which is just, <laughs> I mean, you just don't hear stuff like that, do you at all, which is just pretty amazing. As and that's Mourinho who needs to go to prison for crime yeah. football. <laughs> And Zagreb apparently have just not released a statement about it. It's just <laughs> brushed it under the carpet. We'll just ignore that. It's like, it's turn up to a press conference and there's just going to be no manager there. Um, look, we're 2-0 up in that game. We should get through that comfort. They're not a great outfit. You've only got to get an away goal. Well, to be honest, you look at that and it's sort of like, you haven't even really got to play that well in the second. Like, we'd have to absolutely fall apart 2-0 up to not get through there. Um, they have to come out, don't they? Done it now, Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you if started the last one. You started the last podcast saying, oh, since I've been on here, we haven't lost. <laughs> you know, literally the minute you said that, like, I knew what was going to happen. The only, I don't know. The only thing I thought when I thought about Zagreb was, and I'm sorry, I'm going to swear. So if we need to bleep it out, please do. Just don't fuck it up. 
That's it. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that will be a relatively straightforward game for some in Christ like if we can't if we don't get through against Dynamo Zagreb 2-0 up like we, we should just all stop it's just not worth it um, and then we've got Villa haven't we in the Premier League now Villa this season they're having a great 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 season they really are like, some fantastic results Dean Smith's done a brilliant job there they've got one of the best players in the Premier League Villa in Jack Grealish yeah. and I know he's still somebody that divides opinions but honestly I think he's such a Who? brilliant footballer he's him and Saka are my two favourite players outside of Spurs into watching the Premier League Oh God, Jack, Jack Grealish, I think he's one of the best players in the world. I just, there's no one doing what he does in the Premier League. Him and De Bruyne are, t- are the two best, like, tents, even though I know Grealish sort of drifts out white. Also, magnificent calves. The calf muscles on that boy. And that's why that's those, he does that weird thing with his shin his pads. socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. They haven't been on a great, like, they drew against Newcastle, didn't they? And they've drawn against... Wolves lost to Sheffield United, just about beat Leeds, lost to Leicester, drew against Brighton, just about beat Arsenal 1-0, lost to West Ham. Like They've had a poor run of results recently. But if, I don't know if you saw Jermaine Genus's point on BBC, a piece in BBC Sport today. And basically what he said is we haven't played anyone good since we've been on the run that we were on before the weekend. And the mm. best team we've beaten since December has been Leeds. And all it made me think was Aston Villa are better than Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Also, how strange that we haven't played Villa yet. Because this is the game that got cancelled and then moved, and it's just it's very strange we haven't played them. Um, that's a must-win game. Like, like that is an absolute. If we were, if if Villa turn us over, then it's just sort of like the league really is pretty much done for me. If we lose that game, we should be winning that. I think it'll be a tight one, but I think we'll win two-one. Yeah, I, I could see us getting through. I could see us getting through that game. Like, you know, they've got a bit of pace up front and they've got Grealish, but from a defensive point of view, you'd back. Bale, Kane, I know Sun's going to be out, but Lucas, hopefully Delhi, to be able to yeah. create two or three, do you know what I mean? Really clean goal scoring opportunities against that defence. So I'm confident we'll bounce back. It might not be that bad a game for us. Do you know what I mean? Like after yeah. that, it's sort of like they're a team that will come out and try and play a little bit. So it's like, it's not as if you've got a side that are just going to sit in and try and make it really difficult. Like I think they will try and attack us, which might not be a bad thing. I think it'd be interesting with Sunny out and obviously Lamella. Um... Lamella's bat one game ban is that if he doesn't play Delhi, that will be very telling. Yeah, you'd think surely like he'll put you shift Lucas Moura or maybe bring Bergwijn back in on the left, Delhi in the middle, Bale on the right, Kane up top. Like you'd think oh, surely that would be the side. You think so? Yeah, but you never know. It'll be it'd be a midfield three of Winks, Sissoko, and Hoybio, couldn't it? That's what yeah. it will be. Yeah. Right, quiz time. So what I've done, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask. Well, so, Chris, you're going to go first. I'm going to ask you the question. You get one guess. If you get it wrong, goes to Jack. If Jack gets it wrong, then you're both wrong. I'll give you the answer. And then well, it's, not another, it's not another head-to-head against Chris, is it, after last it week? Yes, <laughs> it is. And what I've done is I've got the, the birth cities of all of our players that we've got on loan and who are out on loan. And I'm just going to give you the city and you have to give me the player. Okay? So the, and the city's in alphabetical order just for some order. All right? So, the first one, Chris, <laughs> is which of our players was born in Amsterdam. Bergwijn. Stevie B. Very, very good. Right. 1-0 to Chris. Uh, Antwerp. Easy. Yeah. Is that easy? Yeah. Was it Toby? 
It is Toby. Oh, God. I've never been more nervous for a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chris, this is the hardest one. Yeah. Uh, bon Jesus des Selvas. Was... Oh, right. So that's either going to be Vinny or Lucas, because that's obviously something yeah. your attempt at Portuguese. Yeah. The question is who? Oh, and the problem is now that I've given Jack the clue. Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably still get it wrong, Chris. I'll go Vinny. You got it right. It was Vinny, uh, Jack Buenos Aires. No, it's not Harry Winks. That's got to be so. Oh no, um, is it is it Lamella? It is Lamella. Oh man, every all right so far. Uh, Caloto, Chris. What? Sorry. Loto, C A L O T O. Mm. Okay, so that doesn't sound like it's going to have been some... Davinson. Absolutely smashed that one out of the park. That is Cloto in Colombia, Davinson Sanchez. Because uh, I thought that sounds more Spanish than French somehow. Good work, uh, Jack That's Cardiff. Cool. Oh, oh. there are three Welsh players. Yeah, I feel like it's not. I feel like it's not Davis because didn't Ben Davis grow up abroad? I feel yeah, like he was still born in Wales. Was he? Um, He's a Welsh. Yeah, Ben Davis is a Welsh speaker, though, right? There's not many Welsh speakers in Cardiff. I'm gonna oh, go. Yes, I'm gonna go Bale. Yeah, he's Gareth Bale. So he, Gareth Frank Bale. So he was, so I went to St. Tylos, which doesn't exist anymore. And he went to um, Whitchurch High, which is one of my rival schools. And I think he was over in the year below me or the year below that. And so I knew people who played him at football, younger, younger, younger. And he wasn't allowed uh, to take any touches with his left foot. And he was only able to have one touch. Unbelievable. <laughs> Next one, uh, Carmarthen. Also in Wales. I, I appreciate that, but <laughs> is, is it possible? Now, do they speak? Do they speak Welsh and Carmarthen, or is that Joe Ro Joe Roden? That's wow. the question. That is the question. I don't know. Go on. Joe Roden. It is Joe Roden. All 100% right so far. It's unbelievable. Uh, Jack Cheltenham. Now it's getting hard. Oh, Jesus. That is hard. You can start to work it out, actually, because... I'm going to give him a clue, because you also said players that are on loan, if that helps. It, it, it is a clue. It's not a good clue for you at all, because okay. it's wrong. Got to put, put him off the scent. Yeah. I'm, I'm just got, I've got so obviously I'm going through the English players that we've got. So obviously, it's not Kane, it's not Winks. And you know so where Delhi was born? Delhi's easy. It's not so Delhi. So now you're running out of players. Uh, it's not, I don't think it would be Dyer because I just don't think it, I don't think it would be Dyer. Um, or and what other English players? There's probably some really obvious English players that I'm completely missing um ooh. there are english players out on loan 
Yeah, well, I was thinking maybe uh, Jack Clark's from the from the north, isn't he? So maybe it could maybe uh, I'll go with him. I'll go with Jack Clark. It's not Jack Clark. It is Eric Dyer. It is. Is he born in Chelsea? Oh, okay. Uh, First one wrong, Jack. I was uh, hoping that you'd pass that over to me so I could say Eric. Shit. I was going to say Eric Dyer. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I I trust Eric. you there. Yeah, I don't no. think it's Eric Dyer. So that was a good enough reason to say it's Eric Dyer. <laughs> For no reason, you see, because he didn't have a reason. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. No, that, that counts. Uh, Chun Chong. Chris. It's got to be sunny. Yeah, it's got to be sunny. Yeah. Copenhagen, Jack. Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Uh, Hackney, Chress. Hackney? Who was born in Hackney? Jaffet must have been born in Hackney. Jaffet was born yeah. in uh, Jaffet Tanganga. Uh, Hemel Hampstead, Jack. Easy. Harry, Harry Winks. Harry Winks. La Plata. Chris. La Plata. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, well I, it's got to be either Oreo or Sissoko, right? So I'm going to go Sissoko. Jack, what do you think? I'm going I'm to go Oreo then. Uh, it is Juan Foyth, La Plata in Argentina. Of course, La Plata. It's your it's your pronunciation. Oh yes, yes. yeah, yeah, blame yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Leblanc Mesnil, or as the French say, Leblanc Mesnil. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Leblanc Mesnil. Well, yeah, it's got to be, it's French, but then you're like Hugo Sissoko. Oh, it's Sissoko. It is Sissoko. Oh, well done. What a guess. Uh, Longjumeau. It's French. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hugo. I know, it's Tangy. Tangy oh, and Dumbo. Okay. Yeah. If, if you'd have passed that over, I'd have got that. So. Oh, shit, yeah, I won't. <laughs> It's 1-1. One, one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Jack Madrid. Madrid. It's got to be Reggie. Here's Reggie. Uh, I Chris. probably doubt myself on this. <laughs> you, start, you start second guessing yourself like, oh, maybe yeah. it's Harry Kane. Maybe, maybe Kane was born in Madrid. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I suppose to say the name of the player. Milton Keynes. Delhi. Delhi. Uh, Murphy. Jack. Matt Doherty. I know this one. No. Chris. No. 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 Paolo was born in Murphy, Argentina. Of course he was. Because it's from the same place as Poch. Because that's, that's where Poch is from. Yeah, is it? Is Casanova uh, still on our books? He is out on loan. Yeah. Bring him home. Uh, Jack Neath. Hugo. No, Ben Davis. Ben Davis, you know. Uh, nice. Nice. Who's this? Is this me now? This is you, yeah. Who was born in Nice? I thought he was from somewhere else, but this is according to Wikipedia. Right, is that then it's Hugo then? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's from Monaco. Because he's, he's, he's from money, isn't he? Because his dad, was his dad a yeah. banker or something like that? It's still a nice place though, Nice. I, we went, I went there for the Women's World Cup and there, you know, we oh, yeah, went been. one day and there were like super yachts on the harbour. Mm. He looks like he's from money, Hugo, doesn't he? Yeah. Good jeans, good diet growing up. Or, or Raggio. 
Uragio. O U R A G A H I O. Aurier, mate, smashed it. Yeah. Uh, Roehampton, Chris. Oh my god, who's yeah. who's born in Roehampton? What a kind of it's weird, isn't it? Because that part of the world is not. I'll be a lone player, no. Yeah. Yeah. So let's think. South. That's southwest, isn't it? I I honestly don't know. I've got it. Oh my god, yeah, smashed it out the park again. You see, it's that way, it's that way, isn't it? (laughs) Jack Rosario, I've gifted you this one, Jack. Yeah, I've gifted you. Yeah, how many many of them are left? Is it, is it, is that La Celso? It is La Celso, Chris Sao Paulo. Oh, well, that's got to be Lucas then. It is Lucas Shrewsbury. That's Rosebury for English. Is that is that one Jack Clark? No. Chris. This oh. is very it's on the border of Wales. English. Uh. Oh. We haven't mentioned him yet. Thinks he's a character brought in for his bants in the dressing room. Uh yeah. Joe Hart. Joe Hart. Uh Jack, this is the hardest one. South End on Sea. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm just trying to think of what players have we not. Have not I'll tell you on. what. Well, I can give you a clue. Go on and give us a clue. He doesn't play for England. Doesn't play for England. He represents his national team, but he doesn't play for England. Is this like is this a really left field one? And is that is that is this like Joe Roden? No, no, no. Joe Roden is Welsh Welsh. Um, look, look at him. Represent his national team. <sighs> That's not it's not Matt Doherty, is it? No. No, Chris. I can't think of any more players. No, I don't know. It's Cameron Carter Vickers. Who would have known? Is he still on our books? Yeah, he's out on loan. <laughs> He's like the new um, Bengali Kamalo, isn't he? It's like, he just never plays for us. But yeah, he's he's had like six years at Spurs, but he just never plays. Uh, swords. There's a place called Swords. It's actually in Dublin. Oh, well, then that's uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough one, because we never talk about him. But out, uh, Tottenham, Jack, he was born in Tottenham. He's local, born and bred. Um... Never talk about him. I feel like that's the never talk about him. I don't know if you've been stocky or not. No, no, I can't. I can't remember the last time he played. To be honest. Oh, that is a that is a tough one. I'm trying to think of who we've got left. He's he's, a, he's a, like one of the youth squads, but he's technically first team. Um, I'll give you Oliver Skip. No, he's third choice keeper, so he's Alfie Whiteman. Oh, okay. So we've got three oh. players left. Chris, uh, Walthamstow. Harry Kane. Yeah, <laughs> Harry Kane. <laughs> uh, Jack, w- Welling Garden City. You mentioned uh, him. I just, I mentioned him. Oliver Skip. Oliver Skip. And the final one is York. Jack Clark. 
Jack Clark. We've said Jack Clark several times. Yeah, we have to. Got to be the answer eventually. There you go. Oh, that's a great quiz. It's good, isn't it? You had a quiet day today, have you? No, not at all. <laughs> I actually needed a break from the stress of work, so I did that. Oh, great quiz. I really enjoyed that. It also showcases how unclever I am, especially with geography. Unclever is not even a word, so yeah, I did that clever. myself, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, uh, any, any more for any more? I think just before we go, we should probably note that the women's team are having a real trouble scoring. Okay. Nil-nil against Reading, wasn't it? Nil-nil against Reading yesterday. And we're slowly slipping down the table. And it's a worry because you can't actually see where the goals are coming from. So mm. our top, you know, Ash Neville, who's our, who's who's actually a left-footed full-back, she's been playing at right-back, has got two goals. And up until the last goal we scored, which I think was scored by Angela Addison, she was the top scorer and Ash is injured at the moment. So if you think our top scorer is a fullback with two goals and now the and a mid, now a midfielder's got two goals, I don't know where they're coming from and I don't know what the plan is. Because mm. we had the... Um, our under, Rihanna Dean is under-21 striker. She hasn't featured at all this season and doesn't even get on the bench when we're making substitutions. So I don't know what's happened with her. She had a little injury, but it's not that now. So it does, I, it is concerning about what's going to happen there, but we should have enough not to get relegated, but it wasn't a good day football-wise. You know, I was all excited yesterday, two games of football, you know, do a little bit, you know, make some dinner in between, all the rest of it. And I just ended up feeling miserable. Yeah. So thanks, Spurs. <laughs> Oh, well, it sounds like that could end up in a bit of a relegation scrap, Chris. It is, I mean, it is very possible. Let me just have a look at the, the table. It's so easily done, though, isn't it? You've only got to have a dodgy run of games or something like that and confidence yeah, goes yeah. before you know it. So we're eighth with 13 points and um, there's only 12 teams. So um, the, the, the only sort of saving grace that we have is that only one team gets relegated. Mm. And West Ham have got eight points. It's, it's only tight. Five, it's mm. tight. But if you look at our form, the last five games, we've lost four and drawn one. Yeah, it's not great, is it? And we had a good run when the new manager came in. We had a good run. We like won four on the bounce, I think, for the first time ever. And uh, something's gone awry. Mm. Well, hopefully, whatever's going on at Spurs can be sorted out in the women's team and the men's team because it's just <laughs> all over um, the place everywhere we look at the minute, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. But hopefully this week we can bounce back with some victories and we're all smiling and jumping around again and talking about how brilliant Jose Mourinho is and what an amazing season we're going to have. So, I'm not convinced that we're talking at all about how brilliant Jose Mourinho is. I'd be happy to see us win a game, obviously. And from, from the women's team perspective, um, we're playing Bristol City at the weekend and they're second from bottom. So it's a, that Six is a win game. It was drawing that game that I think that was the end for um, Karen Hills and Juan, Juan Amaros. Mm. You're looking, you're playing the bottom team and you can't. So I think it's going to be an important one. So yeah. for that, that's at two o'clock on Sunday. There we go. All fingers crossed for that and fingers crossed for victories against Zagreb and Villa as well uh, in the coming week. But whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is.
Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.